Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome home. Welcome home to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member with us or visiting for the very first time with us in worship, we welcome you. We are so glad you have chosen to worship with us today. In two weeks' time, on August 9th, we are going to hold a congregational meeting over Zoom. This is going to be announced through an email in your inbox, and a letter will be sent as well, but we hope that in whatever way you are able, you might attempt to join us for our congregational meeting on August 9th, again over Zoom. That will take place at 11.30 in the morning in place of our virtual fellowship hour, and it will be we will be hearing the report of the nominating committee uh, as we elect new officers. Typically, this happens in the spring, as you might imagine, and like many other things, uh, this process was a bit delayed, but we are delighted to welcome um, and nominate new elders and deacons and trustees among us, so please make every effort to attend with us over Zoom on August the 9th at 11.30 a.m. and join us for our congregational meeting. Today, we continue our journey in the Babylonian exile with God's people. It was a journey that took God's people far from home in fear and anguish, and yet also a journey during which God's people were shaped and formed by God in new ways. As we venture into the world of exile alongside God's people, let us open our hearts and our minds to be molded and shaped by God in a new way for this new season. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. When God restored our common life, our hope, our liberty, at first it seemed a passing dream, a waking fantasy, a shock of joy swept Oh, mm-hmm. 
with justice now be blessed. We pray for those who mourn this day and all who suffer wrong. May seeds they water now with tears spring Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Who alone does great wonders? Who by understanding made the heavens? Who spread out the earth on the waters? God's steadfast love endures forever. Who made the great lights, the sun to rule over the day, the moon and stars to rule over the night? God's steadfast love endures forever. Who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through the midst of it? Who led God's people through the wilderness? God's steadfast love endures forever. It is God who remembered us in our low estate it is God who rescued us from our foes. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. God's steadfast love endures forever. At a time where anxiety and stress are high, a time where we can feel isolated from God's love and grace, we hold on to these words that are a testament to the character of our Creator. God's steadfast love endures forever. So let us remember these words as we approach our God in a time to confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your home worship bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Let us pray. Merciful God, we want to come home, but we want to come home to home as we know it. We don't like change. We don't like new ways of doing things. We especially don't like feeling out of control when that change comes. Even after months living in exile, we still resist your efforts to mold and shape our hearts in new ways. We still pace aimlessly around our living rooms and neighborhoods, angry at everything we can't control. We still take that anger out on unsuspecting friends and family and grocery store clerks who can't restock the produce fast enough to suit us. We still believe that we know best about everything. Forgive us, O oh God for thinking that we ever had control. Forgive us, O God, for our lack of trust in you. Forgive us, O God, for making idols of ourselves, our political parties, our churches, our plans, our lives. Forgive us 
for forgetting that you desire to mold us and shape us in your way, not in our way. Fill us with your spirit, open our hearts and minds to your word and your world. Call us back to the only home we need in you. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. Do not worry. The Lord is near. God hears our prayers with compassion and with abundant steadfast love. Rejoice, for in the name of Jesus Christ you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hello, my young friends. It's a delight to be with you today. I want to tell you a story, and it's a story I may have told you before, but it's a good enough story. I want to tell it again. It's about a friend of mine, and he was going through a really hard time, and he found himself praying a lot during that hard time, and he would pray to God, God, please help me. God, please move in this situation. God, please come and be with me, and do you know what happened? One day, he opened his eyes while he was praying. And he noticed that his fists were just clenched like this. And he thought to himself, well, my goodness, God couldn't give me anything even if God wanted to. My fists are so closed. I'm so closed off to anything God might want to give me. And he decided from then on, he was going to pray like this with open hands. And the thing about open hands is that God can place things in them and God can also place things or take things out of them. That's an interesting thing about open hands, which is hard sometimes because sometimes we want what we want. We don't want to give up what we really think we need or we like, but God is always working among us and within us. And God is always wanting to mold our hearts and shape our hearts. And that means in order for that to happen, we need to pray not like this, but like this. And pray, God, whatever you have in mind for me, I hope you will put that into my hands. I pray you will. And whatever you need to take out of my hands, I pray that you will do that too and you will give me peace as that happens. So we are going to do our breath prayer together. Remember that one? Spirit in, self out. But we're going to do it with open hands. And so wherever you're watching worship right now, wherever you are worshiping, I want you to sit still, open your hands, and know that God is at work trying to put things in them and take things out of them and give you all that you need in this life. So let's pray together. We're going to pray spirit in, self out. And let's do that with open hands. Let us pray. Spirit in, self out. Spirit in, self out. Spirit in, 
yourself out. God, we thank you for these open hands. May they be open to whatever it is you want to do among us. Spirit in. Self out. Amen. I will see you next time. Be sure to talk to God some this week, but do so with those hands wide open. I will see you soon. Friends, as we approach a time now for the hearing of Scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our scripture passage for this morning comes from the book of Ezra. Ezra was a religious leader of his time a man who wrote at the end of the Babylonian exile when the people of Israel were returning home to Jerusalem. The people were returning home to Jerusalem, but home was different, and the people were different themselves. Today we will be reading from the selections of chapters 1 and 3. Together let us listen for the word of the Lord. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom. And also, in a written edict, declared, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of those among you who are his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go up to Jerusalem in Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem and let all survivors in whatever place they reside be assisted by the people of their place with silver and gold, with goods and with animals, besides freewill offerings for the house of God in Jerusalem. The heads of the families of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred, got ready to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors aided them with silver vessels, with gold, with goods, with animals, and with valuable gifts besides all that was freely offered. King Cyrus himself brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and placed in the house of his gods. In the second year, after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel, son of Shetil, and Yeshua, son of Yozadek, made a beginning. 
together with the rest of their people, the priests and the Levites and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to have the oversight of the work on the house of the Lord. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests and their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, according to the direction of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the family, old people who had seen the first house on its foundation, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I imagine all of you have at least a couple of memories that you can recall with exquisite detail. You remember where you were, what you were doing, all the details when the news came. For some, for some of you, they might be joyful moments that come to mind. For others, they might be deeply historical moments that come to mind. Often in society, we have these collective historic moments that we remember. They stick inside our being. We remember exactly where we were and exactly what we were doing. For some of you, you might remember the end of World War II when that was announced. For others, it might be the assassination of John F. Kennedy or of Martin Luther King Jr. You remember exactly where you were. For others, the attacks on September 11th are seared into our mind in a way we wish we could escape. But in all of these circumstances, there are these collective historic memories. We remember exactly where we were, exactly what we were doing. You know, the people of Israel had similar shared historic collective memories. I remember where I was when they came for us take us to Babylon. God, I remember exactly what I was doing when I found out that they were destroying the temple. Today's text invites us into another such moment, a moment the people of Israel would remember forever. I remember exactly where I was when the edict came from King Cyrus of Persia. At long last, at long, long last, it was time to go home. You 
The year was 539 BCE when the Persians defeated the Babylonians under the leadership of King Cyrus. The people of Israel had been living in exile for almost 70 years. And after years of building houses, planting gardens, you remember those verses from the prophet Jeremiah, after years of all of this, even in exile, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus and he announced to all of Israel that they could return home, that they could return home and rebuild what was once lost. And this is the kind of proclamation that refugees don't even dare dream about. Go home. But not just go home. Go home loaded with blessings. Go home loaded with blessings and rebuild. Rebuild what was once lost. And when they do, the first verse of Ezra 3 tells us that the entire people assembled as one in Jerusalem. They were home. The Reverend Rachel Wren reminds us that after returning, the first thing they did, of course, was build the altar so that proper worship of God could begin as soon as possible. But what good would a proper altar be if exposed too long to the elements? So the second move that the leaders made was to appoint Levites to supervise the building of the house of God, a task described beautifully in Ezra 3.8 as making a beginning. It was time to make a beginning. And the next few verses are some of the most poignant in scripture. First, they describe a glittering festival held in the ruins of the first temple. Priests are arrayed in vestments. Trumpets are proudly proclaiming. Levites are clanging cymbals and scores of people are lifting up songs of praise. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. As builders laid the foundation, the people raised a great and joyful shout. Finally, their dream had come true. Finally, their hopes were realized. Finally, the promises of God made in the time of Jeremiah and Isaiah, they were being fulfilled. But along with this rejoicing came another cry a mournful cry from those who had seen the first temple on its foundations. It was a weeping for the lostness of what once was. It was a weeping, a, a grief for the pain of what had been. It was time to make a beginning but that did not mean that grief and loss were not still wrapped up in all that transpired. Even as they rejoiced in the new thing that God was doing, the people of God were intimately aware of all that had been lost. And let's, let's be mindful that this story doesn't cast any judgment on those 
who mourned. In fact, in a moment of sheer humanity that cuts to the core of what it is to live on this side of the eschaton, scripture records that the sound of the joyful could not be distinguished from the sound of people's weeping. The sound of the joyful could not be distinguished from the sound of the people's weeping. We are scheduled to go back to worship in person in our sanctuary on September 13th. And keep in mind, there are about 25 boxes that have to be checked in order for that to happen. It is still a target date. It's not a date that's set in stone, but my goodness, are we hopeful. We are really, really hopeful that we too can go home. We are really hopeful that we too can go home and make a beginning. A beginning that is another new season, a beginning that will still be strange, will still feel foreign, but a new beginning. We too are hoping to make a beginning. And it will be wonderful to return. It will be great to lay eyes on one another. It will be wonderful to worship God together in our sanctuary and among dear, dear friends. It will be joyful. Oh, so joyful. I have such deep hope that it will be a joyful, joyful day. But I'm also anticipating that there will be grief and loss wrapped up in it. Not for everyone. For some, it will be a celebration that they have longed for, a long-awaited return to something that feels like home, even if it does look different, even if it's covered with masks and we can't be together and we're far apart and we're not sitting in our usual seats and it will still, for some, be so, so joyful. And yet for others, for others, it will be a painful reminder of all that still feels lost, of all that is not the same, of all that is not nearly as glorious as it once was. The sound of the joyful shout could not be distinguished from the sound of the people's weeping. The beautiful gift that we are offered here in the book of Ezra is the reminder that both are faithful responses. Both are honest responses. Both are welcome by God as we seek to make a beginning. Because whether a foundation is being built or demolished, whether, whether it feels like a foundation is being built or a foundation is being demolished, Ezra reminds us that our true foundation is in the steadfast love of God, who is always, always 
making a beginning among us. And so, my friends, I invite you to pray for our church and our church family as we make a beginning together. I invite you to pray for our church and our church family with open hands as we make a beginning together. May we be a people who honor the fabric of our humanity that can hold both joy and weeping. May we be a people who remember that both can be faithful responses to the God in whom we find our beginning and our end. And may we be a people who open our hearts and our hands to God in this next season, knowing what a gift it will be to hear the words return home. But may we hold that gift loosely and freely, knowing that God is still molding us and shaping us in the midst of it, knowing that part of making a beginning is building something new, and knowing that thanks be to God, God is always in the business of making a beginning within us and among us. Thanks be to God, indeed. Amen. Friends, as we are reminded of the ways God is calling us to be open to the new beginnings of God around us, we also remember that God calls us to be and make new beginnings in the world, being God's light and love for all people. We are deeply grateful for the generosity of so many of you who continue to financially support the church. We recognize that many of you have sent gifts in to the church uh, by mail and also through our online giving portals, and we encourage you to continue to utilize these options. We recognize that this is a difficult time for everyone, and we also recognize that this is a time when the church is called to continue to make beginnings regardless of the circumstances before us and to always be God's people in the world. Today's offertory serves as a reminder that no matter the feelings we are wrestling with, no matter whether we are joyful or full of tears, we serve a God who comes and dwells among us. Today's offertory is a familiar kumbaya, which is translated, come by here. Whether someone is crying or singing or praying, we call upon the Lord to come by here. Let us give generously in response to God's call in the world. Yeah.
Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words from a brief statement of faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. As we seek to open our hearts and minds to God's work among us and within us, making a beginning. Let us prepare our hearts to turn to God in prayer. At this time, I invite you to take out your home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. 
We invite you to take out a piece of paper and a pen or talk with the people you are worshiping alongside with today and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The first question is, what emotions are you wrestling with as you think about returning home to worship? The second question, which has two parts, is how do you think coming home to church will be different? How do you think you'll be different as you walk through the door? The third question is how might God still be at work molding your heart for this new beginning? We encourage you at this time to pause the video and sit with these questions for a few minutes. When you're done writing or sharing with those you are worshiping alongside, feel free to turn the video back on and we will enter into a time of prayer together. Let us pray. Lord, the giver of life, we are your humble people gathered together from near and far, bowing before the remains of our previous lives, hands clasped in the presence of your abundant newness rising around us. Having been blessed by your spirit and borne witness to your glory in creation, we bring forth to you the prayers we have as humble offerings within the domain of your holy worship. We stand on the other side of the temple curtain asking for your healing touch for our friends who are sick and hurt. We pray for patience and guidance for parents, students, teachers, and administrators as they are trying to figure out what to do about school in the fall. We request your comfort and ease for those of us with increased anxiety and stress. We seek your direction for our church family and how to journey forward and be your people. Reach across the threshold, Lord, and break into our existence with your compassion, mercy, and peace. Show us the gifts you grace us with each day so we can give you endless praise. Your gentleness in the breeze on a hot day in July, your sanctuary of shade and your symphony of cicadas and crickets, your light shining brightly in the magic of lightning bugs or in the smile of a grandchild or a friend. Even the sun beating down on our necks is a gift, letting us know that we are alive in your presence. Lord God, hear our shouts of joy and tears of sadness as a faithful response to your being in this world, making all things new by our side with us each day. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. The sound of the joyful could not be distinguished from the sound of the people's weeping. My friends, may we be a people who remember that both can be faithful responses to the God in whom we find our beginning and our end. And may we be a people who open our hearts and our hands to God as God makes a new beginning among us. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen.